give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to get it wrong, to feel silly, to feel all the things that are gonna come up when you start moving your body. Welcome back to Let It Out, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. My name is Katie Delbau, and I have been hosting this podcast for one million years. I'm coming to you today from Sydney, from Bondi in Australia. Not usually here, but I was meant to, I've been traveling for a while. I was meant to go back to Bali, but I'm extending my trip here. It's my year of endless summer. But I recorded this episode on New Year's Eve with Jules. She is the founder of Good Move in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. And I love this episode. I love Jules. She is a new friend. This was really our first-ish conversation, our first deep, long conversation. And we talk about starting her business, dance and choreography and what it means to be dancerly, which is a concept that really stuck with me. We talk about movement and ease and being in your body, actual true self-care, which is something that she really embodies and does well, entrepreneurship and connection and collaboration, which she also does well. She has great taste and style and her beautiful home and just our relationship to things and the world around us. And At the end, she gives some advice on romantic relationships that really shook me. It just hit me hard. And stick around for that. That alone is worth the price of the long conversation, just getting to that part. But you will find so much joy from listening to her speak and insight. She's just incredibly wise and in her body. And I really enjoyed having this conversation. It was a kind of magical, rainy, interesting day. We were both kind of feeling weird and we just sat down and had tea. And this is what came out of our conversation. We have a million mutual friends and I think we just gelled really well. And I hope you enjoy eavesdropping. I'll talk to you guys at the end with some announcements and the emoji. Until then, enjoy my conversation with Jules. Today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant. They create these flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and they really help you to hydrate quickly and apparently stay hydrated all day. And it's really cool. It's backed by research. This is this formula that was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration, which is really cool. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. I can be really bad at drinking water, you guys. And I, I try to keep, you know, like a big jar by me, and especially while traveling. It's just been, it's been rough <laughs> to stay hydrated. So I've been keeping these packets close. I keep them in my bag and I pour them into my water and I love it. And it helps me to remember to drink more water and makes me honestly feel more hydrated. It's again, really great for traveling because you're up in the air and you're dehydrated. And they're also really great when you're sick. I've been using them 
them ever since one of my friends gave me one to try when I was sick a couple months ago. And another thing that they're really cool about is they can help with hangovers and they say they're really transparent. Nothing on the market can be a hangover cure and they certainly don't pretend to be one. But that said, you know, alcohol dehydrates you because of the diuretic effect. So they said that some of their users have used hydrant to replace lost fluids and electrolytes. And so they'll take two packets before they go to sleep after a night or time of drinking. And they say that that really helps. I know some friends who will like have Pedialyte after drinking or, you know, just drink a lot of water before bed. I heard once like for every glass of wine you have to have some water or something. Anyway, it could be useful, take it or leave it, but definitely try out Hydrant, regardless of whether you're drinking or sick, it is really cool and I love it. And Hydrant starts with just a dollar a packet for a 30 day supply, which is pretty cool. And you, for your first order, you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com and enter the code let it out. Today's episode is brought to you by Cured. Cured is this company that I love in Boulder, Colorado that maybe you've heard of or heard me talk about on the show, but they make these hemp-derived CBD products and I love them. They are this really cool company. I got to meet the founders and they have this farm to product business model that is really, really cool. Their full spectrum tinctures and treats work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of a psychoactive component. And not many other companies are really thriving with this in-house farm to table business model. And Cured is doing well. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness routines to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's stress load. I think we could all use that. There's honestly so many brands out there now, but I really genuinely love this company a lot. The CEO started using Cured's full spectrum CBD oil on his dog actually to ease their distress and support the seizures that they were having. And so I, I just think that's really cool that it can be used with pets. And anyway, it's a household staple for people of all ages. And again, pets too. I love their cookie dough snack. It tastes so good. You guys, if you haven't had it, it's really so good. And like I said, I got to meet them when I was in Boulder a couple months ago, actually a year ago, and we've kept in touch and they're just really great people. And I don't know why, but I really think that helps make the snacks better. So if you're interested in trying out Cured Nutrition, again, my favorite is the cookie dough, but get whatever you want. Go to curednutrition.com. That's curednutrition.com and use the coupon code, let it out for 15% off any order. Again, that's curednutrition.com and use the code let it out for 15% off any order. That link is in the show notes. Be on our show notes, let it out letter list, and that'll come right to you. Check them out. Use the code. Thank you, Cured. Thank you for supporting our sponsors and for listening. We're doing it. We're doing it, Jules. We're doing it. I'm so happy we, we're getting this Me in. Me too. And so, it was so nice because I was scrolling through your episodes to like, I wanted to get a feel for it. And I follow Marley Grace on Instagram. Oh, yeah. You know, she's a mover. And yes. And so I was like, oh, this, that was the first one that I listened to. And I was just, it was so great. I had like such Aww. a warm, fuzzy feeling listening to it that I was like, oh, this is really nice. Like, 
this is something I want to do. So Aww, that was really That's good. so nice. That means so yeah. much. And Marley's so cool. She is from Michigan where I grew up. And it's been so cool to watch everything that she's done, much like you in that way. I just admire. I think there's something kind of magical about the the dancers and the improvisational dancers that I know. Like, I think being in your body makes you guys kind of magical. <laughs> I feel that way too about dancerly people. Yeah. Dancerly is a word that I use to describe people who are just in their bodies and experiencing the yeah. world in a really physical way. Maybe they're dancers and maybe they're not. But. Yeah. I was just talking to my friend about this on a road trip yesterday, but I also have, I don't know, you know, that Ira Glass quote, that's like your taste will exceed your ability. And that's really uncomfortable. Like when you're starting out, have you heard that? I haven't heard that, but I definitely identify with that. And so he was talking about it. I'll send it to you because it's really good. But he was talking about it in terms of work of like, you need more experience and you need more connections to be at the level that you want to be. And that's going to be uncomfortable for you when you have, when you have all these things you admire. And I feel that way about spaces where like, I've lived in all these different apartments and all these different spaces, but I've never had the time or going to have been there as long as it would warrant like making it feel like home to me. And I, you know, I have plants and I've liked my spaces, but like, I, I don't know why plants is like the, I guess plants really do make a space. I yes. Guess. <laughs> and also you have to care for them. So you, totally. it shows like, I think that if you walk into a space and someone has plants, wh- when I walk into a place and someone has plants, I'm like, oh, they care. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can keep something alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like there is care here. Yeah. Anyway, but I've, I still feel like I've never had the space that's like, okay, this is my home for like a long-term amount of time. And I know that the next place I move is going to be like rooting and buying furniture and buying all these things and like my first adult apartment. So I have this note in my phone with photos of places that I love, like things that I want. And it's just this like beautiful like vision of my next space. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not far. Yeah. After this big, long, weird trip that I'm doing. But anyways, yours is at the top of the list now. <laughs> How are you feeling today? What What's this time of year like for you? Do you like it? Do you get excited for it? Is it overwhelming to you? Well, my life completely changed when I opened Good Move last year. So I feel like everything is new. I'm like, this part of the year feels new, even though I've done it every year, you know, but the way that I am approaching the holidays and the new year is so much more focused around good move and the business and trying to take care of myself so that I can really be there for the business. And, you know, new years, like this week is pretty much the most intense, like best time for marketing and advertising and putting new ideas forth in the mindfulness and fitness world, because everybody's making their new year's resolutions. So like, I think usually this time of year would be a little bit more restful. I usually travel. Last year I was in Oaxaca at this time of year, like kind of setting intentions and getting ready to embark on this journey. And this year it's like, I've been working, I worked on Christmas Eve, I'm working New Year's Eve because those are sort of milestone days for people. A lot of people have the day off. Um, and they're also either going to spend time with their families, which can be really intense. So they're trying to get movement in their day and, or they are taking care of themselves and prioritizing self-care during the holiday season. And, you know, I want to be there 
for them for that. So, so I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that it, it's interesting of like being able to fill your cup so you can give. It's complicated when you're, you know, I'm a freelancer as well. I don't own a business. Owning a brick and mortar business is no small thing. And I admire you so much because you you do it with so much poise and grace and seemingly ease, but there has to be so many challenges with it. So it's it's been about a, exactly a year since you guys opened? Actually, we are almost six months six old. Six months old. Wow. I signed a lease January 21st of last year, and then it took us almost six months to do the build out because when I got the space, there was no floor, there were no walls, there was no plumbing, no electricity. So everything that you saw inside the space, we put there. Wow. Um, And I feel like such a cliche saying this, but everything took longer than I thought it was going to. People told me that and they were right. Yeah. So then we were ready. We were pretty much ready to open in May with some rough edges, but then we had to wait for the city. There's permits and things that have to come through. And that was really stressful. I learned a lot. I was also project managing my own construction site. So, you know, when you start a business, you have to be, or at least you you should be probably an expert in the field that you're starting a business in. But then I never in a million years thought that I'd be like project managing a giant construction site um, and picking out every single detail starting from scratch, you know, really starting from scratch. So that's where I kind of got addicted to the Pinterest boards and had to really refine everything. You know, the bathroom was like such an ordeal. And there are all these specifications about exactly how it needs to be for the city um, to get it like okayed. Right. And I was at the construction site freezing my butt off in like February of last year. No, no electricity, no heat. And I remember there were nights where I was just like, what am I doing? But now when I walk in there, I'm like, it was worth it. Totally. And you can tell, you can get that sense where every choice in there feels very intentional and it feels very you. And even the few interactions I've had with you, taking your class and seeing the space match, if that makes sense. And this really, I don't know, I've been to so many fitness studios and have had a somewhat tumultuous relationship, like so many women with my body and with movement and with fitness. And when I walked in there, it really did feel like this beautiful exhale, but really fun. And I instantly liked you. And then we had like 10,000 mutual friends, but you can feel that in the space, even when you're not there, which I think is a testament to you and what you've built. Thank you so much. I'm smiling really big right now. Um, That just, it means so much more than you could possibly imagine to hear that. It has truly been a labor of love. And people say this about their businesses all the time, but I truly have poured my whole heart into it. And it is so incredible for me when that resonates and when, when it, when people receive it, that's really, you know, what makes it all worthwhile. And when people connect, first of all, there are so many barriers to entry for people to take fitness, but especially dance classes. Mm-hmm. And so I knew going into this that from the second people walk through the door, I want them to feel 
welcome. I want them to feel held, feel cared for. All the things that I wasn't used to feeling, and I'd heard so many people say they were not used to feeling when they walk into fitness and dance spaces. So making the physical space feel warm, welcoming, kind of womb-like. Totally. But also luxurious and like a treat yourself kind of space because I spent my whole life or my whole adult life in New York City rolling around on like grimy floors under fluorescent lights. um, And feeling like either I was in these institutions where I was intimidated to go, you know, um, some of like the big dance schools in New York City where I should have felt comfortable walking in there. I've been a professional dancer for 15 years, but I didn't. I felt all kinds of insecurities come up walking through the thresholds of those places. And I know I'm not alone in that. And then there, on the other side of that, there were like all these DIY kind of like grimy, cool, but like, is this where I want to be like doing my self-care? Maybe, but as I get older, I'm like, I want it to smell good in here. I want it to feel good. Totally. You know, and I want it to reflect, I do want it to reflect our values and and our mission, which is that this is for everybody. This is a wellness practice. Dance and fitness is for your wellness and your self-kindness, not just like get in, sweat, get out because your body needs to change, but rather like, how about I love myself? So I'm going to do something really nice that feels amazing. And like, yeah, there's some bonus things that happen. Like I sweat and I get toned and my muscles work, but that I think is sort of a side effect. Yes. Of like, wow, I gave myself some joy and I like brought some breath into my lungs and was in community. And, you know, those are the pillars, joy, empowerment, community, Those are the most important things. And I think it's so funny when people ask me, and this happens all the time. People ask like, is dance a workout though? And I'm like, I mean, you took the class. Like people are drenched in sweat and it's just, they don't even realize it. Right. Which is the, which is great. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a wide variety of, of classes too. Can you go through the names of them? And I really love the titles. Like they're all (laughs) hilarious and so great, but Talk to me about Good Move. Everything from the name to the names of the classes to the teachers to the colors, like it all feels very intentional. And I love the name. When did that come to you or how did that come to you? When I decided that I was going to open a studio, I actually had a different name. And I don't even want to say what the original name was because- You might use it? No, no. I won't, I'm not going to. But just that I've come so far away f- from it and it feels- Not you? Oh, yeah. It feels like not relevant yeah. anymore. Alyssa knows what it is, Uh our our mutual friend who, let me go back a little bit. I was teaching a class called Adult Beginner Dance Like the Hot Bitch You Always Knew You Were. And that is a class that I started teaching probably six years ago. And I started teaching that class because a friend of mine came to me and said, Jules, I really love dancing, but I'm very intimidated. I need to get into shape. If I get some adults, beginners, adult beginners together, would you teach a beginner dance class in like a safe space where we can just like sweat and dance and, you know, dance to Beyonce. And I was like, yeah, I'll teach you how to dance like the hot bitch you always knew you were. And it stuck kind of as a joke at first, but then we just went with it. And I was teaching that class once a month for a while. 
to like kind of all over. Yeah. Like renting random studio space all over Brooklyn. And then there was at one point where my friend Nora let me use her startups office in Soho to like do the class on weekends when they weren't working there. And I don't know, it took a really long time, but I loved teaching it and people really responded to it. I wasn't really doing any kind of marketing, but people would keep bringing their friends and keep asking for it. And so I just kind of stuck with it. And our mutual friend, Alyssa Benjamin, is one of the people who was like the first wave of kind of like early adopters of the affectionately called hot bitch class. Uh And Alyssa said to me years ago, she's a brand strategist. And she said to me years ago, if you ever do your own thing, please tell me because I want to help you Mm. build your brand. She's like, I love this. Makes me feel so good. Tell me. And so years later, you know, probably like two years ago, I came to her and I was like, I'm going to do it. And she was like, let's work together. So Alyssa was really instrumental in helping me sort of refine what the brand looks and feels like. And she basically was like, look, it's never too soon to start building this brand. I'm like, I don't even have a space yet. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And she was like, this is the best. Like, this is a great time to start. Yeah. She has such a good eye for that. (laughs) Yes. And I did know a lot about how I wanted it to look and feel. But Alyssa pushed me to like get very, very specific. She coached me through the branding process. And I'm so, so glad that she did because before we even opened, before I even had a space, I knew what Good Move smelled like. I knew what the playlist sounded like. I knew who was walking through those doors. I knew what our color palette was. And it was so fun working with her too. Like she, we bartered, like I gave her private Pilates classes and she'd come over and we'd like sit and, you know, work on the floor and make like uh, collages and like post-it note grids and things like that. And it was really fun. There was no part of that that I was like, oh God, I have to do this. I was like, wow, this is coming to life before my eyes. And she introduced me to this incredible graphic designer, Timothy LaSalle, who helped bring a visual identity to the brand as well. And if you come to the studio, you see on the glass, you know, on the storefront that there's all these shapes in the window. What's it called? Like a laminate, a laminate thing that sticks (laughs) on the glass. How you put things on windows. Yeah, how you put things on <laughs> windows. It's a storefront. And Timothy designed all of those shapes based on shapes that are physical elements in the space. So like the glass, we have a glass block wall and he made those squares. And there's, if you come to the space, lot, a lot of round edges, radius edges, as they call them in the construction field and design field, lots of lots of radiuses. The mirror is curved. The dance floor is curved. There's um, this beautiful circular, like humongous bean bag, yes. which I love. And I always just want to like lay face down on. We call that our potato couch. It's great. Yeah. So basically between Alyssa and Tim and myself, we built the roots of the brand. And along the way, when we started, we were working with this original name that I had, and we realized that another fitness 
company was already using that name. So first of all, I was like, okay, at first I was like, no, but I was so attached to this name. And that was my first lesson in non-attachment in my business life, which has been so, so valuable for me. Because first of all, I had to kind of recognize that A, my idea wasn't as original as as I had originally thought. And B, I didn't, maybe was limiting my vision because I was like attached to this name, which was totally the case. And so one day me and Tim and Alyssa sat around, we went to the Whitney. Oh, cool. And this was, we had, we had like play dates. We had like creative play dates. Yeah, artist dates. Yeah, exactly. And we went to the Whitney and we were sitting outside at one of the tables on the terrace and I think Alyssa had brought a little time, like a tea timer with her. And she gave us this exercise that we were going to each take a minute or however long to, it was a minute. Yeah. We were just going to take a minute to write down a list of names, like stream of consciousness, list of names. At the end of the minute, we flip the tea timer, pass your list to the next person at the table. And they first cross off all the names that they don't like, they don't like, or that they don't feel fit and they make their own list and you pass around and pass around. Fun. And we did that. I feel like we did it for like an hour. And by the end we had good move. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, and my favorite part of the story is that I'm pretty sure, and they can correct me if I'm wrong, that we had called it down. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of moving, but we hadn't put the two yeah, words yeah, yeah. together. It sounds so obvious. I think Alyssa wrote good moves and it got to me and I just slashed the S and it was like, wait, I think that's it. I think it's a good move. You know? And we just, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a little bit more fun, a little bit more like double entendre, more to play with. Yeah. And it stuck. And we really, we really all fell in love with it. And it did expand. Once we had the new name, it did expand for me what the business could be. It was more, much more all encompassing than the original name that I had had. It's so interesting if, and kismet that that name got taken because you maybe wouldn't have let go of it, but it let go of you. And then you were able to have this collaborative artist process of making the new name. And what is this whole process of between that and construction as a creative person, as a dancer, that's probably a totally different skill set of organization and just as a person and a young woman that you've been able to to do this, it's really admirable. What has this process taught you about yourself over the last year? <sighs> so, so many things. Truly, I don't know if I've ever learned so much in one year. Yeah. Or I would say probably the last two years because I started with Alyssa and Tim before I was even, I, I think around the time I was looking at spaces. But I feel like I like, got an MBA, <laughs> even though I didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't read one single book on like how to be an entrepreneur. I just felt really passionate about building a movement home and a home for all of my kind of various skills and teachings to be in one place and creative impulses to be in one place. And I let it bubble up pretty naturally so that when it was like go time, I just felt from every fiber of my being, like you're going to do it and you're, and now, and you're going to do it now. Like now's the time. 
It showed you what you were capable of. It showed me big time. There were so many times when I doubted if I could do it on my own. A few years ago, I was feeling like, I'm ready, I'm ready. And I was looking for a partner, a business partner. And I was really attached, again, this theme, to the idea of finding a business partner. Because I was I was not in my own self-worth enough to know that I could do it by myself. I was very much like, I need a business partner yeah. to do this. There were so many steps to this. But I think at the end of the day, it was like really coming into my self-worth and finally deciding like, nobody else is going to do this for me. Yeah. I'm going to, I have to do it. If I want to see it done, I have to build it. And that's kind of been a theme for me in my life, wanting to see something in the world or wanting to see something for my life or wanting to see something, um, for my community and finally realizing like, oh, it's me. It's me. I have to do it. (laughs) And this was another one of those things. And I think that was the hardest part. There were several steps along the way. Like I said, I, I was all of a sudden stepping into all these new roles. I, for the 10 years leading up to this, was dancing professionally as a modern dancer with Douglas Dunn and Dancers, was also the managing director of that company. So organizing tours, producing shows and seasons and doing fundraising. And then toward the end of that, I became more interested in holistic health and fitness and got my Pilates certification, got my holistic health coaching certification. But the actual intricacies of what goes into starting a business were so far away from all of those things. For example, like doing the build out. I don't know anything about construction. I've like built an Ikea coffee table in my life. So there were times when I was feeling intimidated about going to the construction site because I was so like, how am I supposed to know? But I did know. I made every choice. So when I walked in there and something wasn't the way that it should be, I knew that. But I had to trust myself. I, w- I have been involved in intricately every step of the way, even though I'm not a builder. I had to Manage that. Manage it. Mm-hmm. There were moments when, you know, my contractor was like, you know what, Jules, the glass block factory ran out of glass blocks and it's going to take another four weeks to get them. And my first response being like sinking, like sinking in my heart because we were supposed to be open and this and that. And then being like, wait, I'm sorry, screw this. There's not just one glass block maker right. in the world getting my ass on the phone, calling around, finding the glass block maker, putting my contractor in touch with the new one who promised the delivery so by this day. So there was a lot of that, a yeah. lot of like this sinking feeling, feeling defeated, feeling like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's that. And then sometimes it was a pep talk from like my mom or, you know, my best friend. But a lot of the time it was me just being like, Jules, you are the boss here. So you have to make it happen. Yeah. And that was a little bit of like a wake up call for me because I assumed that everyone was going to just like do what they said they were going to do all the time. And I had to like be on, I mean, this was, I'm referring specifically to the construction right. process, which everyone will tell you. will take. What's interesting about this. Do you come from entrepreneurs? Did you have models and did you have people you turned to? You mentioned your friends and your mom, but what was your support system? You mentioned working with Alyssa and Tim, but did you 
how did this affect your relationships and other aspects of your life? Because I'm sure it sounds like it was so, and still is, you know, but probably lesser because it's now running and you have a team and, and help, but how, who did you turn to? Because you didn't have a co-founder and it is you. I was very moved by how much support came my way when I told people that I was doing this. I like feel moved even thinking about it now. I sort of put into the world, like, this is what I want to build. And people came out of the woodwork being like, how can I help you? This was totally surprising for me and also was so extremely uplifting. I couldn't believe how many people wanted this to come to fruition, how many people wanted this to be born, that people I didn't really know that well were calling me, emailing me, being like, how can I help clients? So Alyssa, who we were friendly, but we didn't know each other that well. She took the class a bunch of times, but she saw something in it. She was the first person to come to me and say, like, I want to help you. That was incredibly empowering and uplifting. Even just like one, what is it like the Lady Gaga meme? Like one person in the room, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I think we need to depend on people believing in our dreams before we fully have the self-worth enough to believe them ourselves. We kind of have to ride on their shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I knew I was going to do it either way, but it would have been a completely different experience for me. And I don't think nearly as fulfilling. So Alyssa was the first person to come along. The second person to come along was another client of mine who had taken my hot bitch class and also taken my Pilates classes. Her name is Eleni Pedalotti, and she runs a design firm called Lot Architects. When she heard that I was building a space, she reached out to me and she was like, I'm a designer and I want to help you design the space for free. <laughs> like, you know, I spoke to her and I was just like, I am starting from like, this is very grassroots operation here. I know what I want. And she was like, I want to do it. Like, I want to do it. So we started having meetings talking about like, basically I brought Alyssa to the first meeting with Eleni. And I was like, this is what we've been working on. This is the vibe. This is the look. This is the field. We had, we had made Pinterest boards and collages and, and Eleni already knew what the feeling of at least some of my classes. Class, right. And you. Yes. And Eleni was the one who said, you start your classes in a circle. So the hot bitch class and the other dance classes start in a circle. The mat classes don't. The dance classes start in a circle. And Eleni was like, this image, this circle is so important. And I was telling her about community and the pillars. And she was like, the circle is integral to your brand. And the roundness, the warmth, she's like, this is a way that we're going to physically translate this to the space, which is so cool, you know? Yeah. Um, And so feminine. Yes. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, it is, it has to feel warm. It has to feel like a warmer place than New York. Someplace. And I told her it's like 1970s Mediterranean feel. Oh, I totally feel that. Yeah. I think we nailed it. You know, 100%. So Eleni, I'm pretty sure it was her idea to have the dance floor in the shape of um, an oval, which it is, and the mirror as well, and just have organic 
shapes and round, you know, have everything round and warm. And, you know, we have hard materials. It's glass, concrete, wood, you know, but it feels soft soft and it feels warm and it feels, you know, like a hug when you're coming in there, which I think is really important. Which is why I love it. I think so much. I mean, the, the concept of this podcast, it's called let it out. So we talk about letting out soft stories because I believe the stories of vulnerability and telling someone something embarrassing or tender or soft binds us and makes us feel less alone. And that's ultimately what we want. And I think maybe that's why I resonate so much with the aesthetic and the the feel of the space, because, you know, there is this in fitness, especially it's this like hardness mm-hmm. that's about like being hard and feeling hard. But like, really, I think there's such a beauty to softness yeah. and bodies and women and people and and like our hearts, you know, as cheesy as it sounds of like communicating. And I, I think that there's, you really nailed that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And again, like I said, it, it has taken a village. So like Alyssa came in, Eleni came in, another friend of mine built the furniture that Eleni designed. So like the custom piece, that piece that you like, yeah. that the big potato couch, like that is Young Buck Art Services based in Bushwick. They're an art fabrication studio, but they like built that furniture for me. Another client of mine, Tala Khalidi, who's a fashion designer, sewed the curtains. (laughs) Another client of mine who is an architect offered me a lot of advice. Another friend of mine who's reads contracts for the city, Steve Sykes, he like, he's been so helpful for me. You know, people literally, they came out of the woodwork. This makes me want to cry. And I think honestly, I feel like None of this surprises me because I believe when something is aligned, when you're doing something good, when you want to help people, that's how you know it's correct. You know, yeah, then I couldn't agree more. I think that those people are propelled behind this vision of something good and yeah. something true and something different and something that feels really authentic to you. And I think if it hadn't been, and it, it sounds like it wasn't, like if it it had to be, it wasn't working out before. Like it wasn't working out before because it wasn't meant to, because yeah. this was supposed to come. And I think we're met with, you know, I know that like I've tried to go in different directions with my work that I've just been like running up against a brick wall. And I, and it doesn't feel comfortable when that happens, mm-hmm. of course. There's loss to that and there's grief to that, but on a good day, I can do the mental gymnastics to be like, oh, okay, that's not meant for me, you know? And like that cheesy line that I think is a bumper sticker, but very true of like, what is meant for me will not pass me. Or like, you know, sometimes when things aren't working, it's a time to pivot, which can be hard, but shows when it is in alignment, how magical and kismet things can start to happen. And people there's something so beautiful about people working together and helping each other. Yeah. And I think that, uh, first of all, I totally believe that. And I think I've been pretty open and sensitive to the signs for my whole life. Like I feel pretty receptive to when the universe is telling me like pivot or stay or listen a little bit longer or like go time. And so you had asked me like, who did I turn to? What was my, what were my relationships like? the surge of love and positive energy that I got from kind of like a wider community was incredibly uplifting. My family was incredibly supportive, which Mm. took a minute. Do you come from entrepreneurs? No, 
I don't. I mean, my mom has her own business. She has a landscape design business, which she did later, much later in her life. Cool. So she's an entrepreneur. And my dad is very business savvy. He is like a very successful international business person of mystery. (laughs) And he was the most kind of like cutthroat with me while I was like being like, this is what I want to do. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I'm not even going to sit down and have a conversation with you until you like create a business plan and show me like your profit and loss and all this stuff. And I was like, going to go Google those things. (laughs) um, But it was so good because I educated myself a lot on, and he, and he sort of gave me the tough love that was like, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, this is what you need to know. And this is what you have to do. And like, yes, eventually someone else can like run the numbers if that's not your wheelhouse, which it's not, Mm -hmm. but you need to know how to do that stuff yeah. and and it's going to serve you and blah, blah, blah. And that's sort of, he's, he's a first generation immigrant. So I feel like that's very much part of his story. Yeah. Like pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't depend on anybody else to do it for you. Um, if you want something in this world, go out and get it, which is kind of reflects back to what I said about seeing things that I wanted in my community, in my world and being like, oh, I have to mm-hmm. bring that. But yeah, my, my mom's an entrepreneur who came to it kind of later in life, but she's she's also a dancer. Oh, wow. And my dad is a successful business person, but not like a line of founders or anything like that. Right. But they were sort of, I, I grew up in a household that was like, you can do whatever you want. You're smart. You're talented. Like, go for, you know, they were always urging me forward. And at the same time, I think they were kind of, maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I think they were terrified when I was like, I'm a modern dancer and choreographer. Yeah. Cause they, I think, you know, our parents, and I think it's a generational thing too. They want us to be safe before happy sometimes, yeah. you know, because and they love they, us. I think they really wanted both, you know, again, daughter of first generation immigrant. So like school was really, really important and I had to succeed. And we were all, we were so overscheduled. That is one thing that like, I think has affected the way that I take care of myself now. I'm like, I say no to things, you know, but, and I'm, as I learn how to take care of myself, I realized, wow, as a kid, I was just going from school to dance classes, to gymnastics, to this, to that, like Mm -hmm. constantly moving homework. Stimulation. Yeah. And New York is really exasperates that. Oh, yes. I have worked really, really hard to create a life for myself that has balance. It's something that is of the utmost importance to me. Did you have siblings? Yeah, I have a brother. He's 18 months younger than me, Nick, and he is a very gifted writer. He mm-hmm. works in advertising and he lives in Paris. Oh, sort of like living the cool. dream in Paris, yeah. So we had a we have a lot of creativity yeah. in my family. And I think, you know, when my brother was living in New York, he was like getting published in all these cool journals and winning awards, but I think he was sort of like this freelance writer life is not for me. Like I'm going to go make the big bucks working in advertising. And he's very, very successful doing that. But I was like, this artist life is totally for me. And I like working on different things at once. So I feel like right now my job is so perfect for me because I have the physical aspect. I am also doing, you know, our Instagram and our marketing and I'm working with partners and clients and working on collaborations. So it feels like it's hitting a lot of different creative notes. Yeah. Yeah. 
sounds like in your job with the company as well, you were able to dance and then you were also doing more logistics. And I think every time I do one of these interviews, I bring up that Steve Jobs quote of you can't connect the dots going forward, only going back. Or And I think it's such a beautiful arc of all these skills you pick up from all of these things that we do lead us to to where we're meant to be. And I think we were starting to chat about this before we started recording, but I think there's something about people who are embodied that dancers specifically and people just comfortable in their bodies and comfortable with themselves, which you so are just in the little bit that I know you, you're more connected to your intuition and you're able to see those signs and signals more quickly maybe. And I think that's very magnetic and why people want to help you. And, and I think that creatively it's, it's a really creative energy. Yeah. I also think that people are waking up to the idea of self-care and body positivity or body neutrality and healing all of these things that I think are pretty intuitive for modern dancers or what I'm calling like dancerly people. Right. And I love seeing it kind of ripple out and seeing people who either don't consider themselves dancers or don't consider themselves like woo woo, but they are getting on board with healing, self-care, kindness to self. And all of those things are things that I have felt connected to since I was a kid. Yeah. And certainly was exposed to even deeper layers of that as I became a professional modern dancer and dancing in Douglas's company with dancers who some of them were even a bit older than I was. It's a Douglas's company is so cool and, and beautiful because unlike many of the companies that are around modern dance companies that are still around or contemporary companies, his company is on the older side. Douglas is 76 years old. He still dances in a lot of the work. Wow. So when I joined the company in my early twenties, I was like the youngest and we all kept dancing, you know, with him for the 10 years that I was with them. And I still feel like it's weird for me to say was with them. Cause I feel like I'm still with them and like yeah. might perform with them again, but in my hiatus right now, anyway, the modern dancers that I met through Douglas's company taught me so much about self-care. If you hang out with dancers, we're always stretching. We're always like right. going through the checklist. Like, yeah. am I hydrated? Do I need a banana? Like what, you know right. what I mean? I um, love that. And, yeah. and we're just feely people. And it was so cool for me to like be around like a whole family yes. full of that because, you know, my mom was very much in touch with self-care and rituals and things like that. A little less woo-woo than like I naturally was and that the modern dancers were. So, I mean, I definitely got some of that from her, but being in a whole family of modern yeah. dancers were like 7 p.m. It's PT time. Let's get the balls and the rollers. Oh, and amazing. Like, That's know, everything I yes. want. Yes. Like, who's taking an Epsom salts bath tonight? Like, yeah, I was like, your people, oh, yes. these are my people. Yeah. And when I was in college, I was already doing, did you study dance? I did. Yeah. I studied dance at Barnard and I was already doing some of these things and I met some modern dancers there. So I was kind of tapping into that. And in college I had friends family members asking me like, Hey, I'm having pain, 
you know, when I'm walking or when I'm sitting, can you help me move more easily? Or what can you suggest? Or do you have any tips on like what I should be eating and all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't have any authority to speak on these things. I just know what has been feeling good for me. And I might be able to suggest things, but that's why when I got, when I graduated and once I'd been dancing with the company for a while and watching these dancers take such good care of themselves, seeing dancers in their forties, in their seventies, like Douglas really nourish themselves. I thought like, okay, I need to learn with some authority how to do some of this stuff because A, I didn't have insurance at the time, like most of the dancers. And I was like, how can I learn how to take care of myself and have the longest career possible, the longest dancing life possible? And that's kind of what led me to get a Pilates certification. And then after that, an integrative nutrition health coaching certification. And at that point, I felt like I could help the, I mean, I was always offering, you know, my what love is for you. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it felt really good to be able to say like, oh, you have sciatica. Let's like bring those legs back into parallel. Yes. Like, okay, great. On well, your sitting bones. Great. Like, well, here. <laughs> here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the health coaching, being able to help people make sort of more specific lifestyle choices that have like, they might be small incremental. In fact, they usually are small incremental changes and suggestions, but they have broad effects, broad sweeping effects in people's lives. So yeah, I don't know, like dancerly people just, they, they are in their bodies. I love that concept of like bleeding that out from people who are very far from professional dancers or even hobbyist dancers, but the concept of being in your body and moving your body. I am someone who always wanted to escape my body. You know, my background is in my background. Not like it's a, it could be, it could have been my career. I'm very good at it, but I'm very good at ignoring my body and controlling my body and discipline and eating disorder and control. And all of these issues are about escaping. And I think a lot of people do that in different ways, in different ways than I do. We all have our different coping mechanisms, but to be in my body is very scary to me. And jarring and it puts a mirror up in your face to face yourself. And I think that's why I look at dancers and I look at people like you or like Marley or like people who I really admire who feel sort of magical to me. And I think it's because it's such a leap. It's so far for someone like me who feels the opposite about my body and feels like I want to hide it and and is scared of it. But I think bringing that concept in, I'll never be a professional dancer, but I probably will go to good move a bunch and like can take care of myself in that way. And I think that that's such a beautiful concept. And then another thing too, I just got chills. (laughs) Yeah. It's really beautiful. And like how different we all are and how body diversity exists. And thank God that it does because it would be so boring if we all looked the same. But we live in a world that's fat phobic and really complicated and thin privilege exists. And people can feel so, I will speak for myself, can feel so, it can be hard to be in your body in this world. And so to think about it in such a nourishing, compassionate way is really beautiful. And and that's something that I think I admire most about the messaging 
in class, I don't ever have to be worried about, you know, an instructor saying something triggering or something that would be hard to hear as someone in eating disorder recovery or someone who has body image issues, which I believe is honestly like most people in the world we live in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it actually breaks my heart how kind of abusive the fitness world can be. And also how this culture treats women's bodies that so many people, but especially women who maybe love dancing as little girls, yeah, got older, got discouraged by their teachers who probably were making terrible comments about their bodies, like my ballet teachers were, or for whatever reason got discouraged that they didn't look like they were supposed to look to be in a dance class or to be in a fitness class or whatever. And that dance especially is something that after a certain age, people are like, oh, I can't do that. Like I can't No, like that time is behind me or I used to dance as a kid. And I think I saw that when I started teaching the hot bitch class, people feeling really intimidated about coming through. That's why we start in a circle so that we can each go around and say why we came nine times out of 10. I'm going to have people in the circle who say I'm a terrible dancer or I haven't danced in so long, but I really want to. And it's like my greatest joy to bring those people back into the fold because yes, it is really scary. It can be really scary and hard to be in your body. And also it can be like the most joyous, incredible, cathartic, cathartic, full feeling. I mean, we only get this, you know, bag of bones. So, and how much we can express with this body. One thing I say in class a lot is like, your expressive body or like your expressive spine. We're not just here doing the exercises. Like we're not just little robots in here. This is, we're breathing, living, sweating, crying, bleeding bodies. So bringing that into your movement is going to be so much more cathartic. You are going to you're going to breathe a lot deeper, like into your whole, into like every cell rather than like hyperventilating like we, like we do when we go to the gym. Right. And yeah, I'm, I'm very intentional when I train the teachers who teach at Good Move. First of all, hiring the teachers who teach at Good Move, they all look completely different, all different sizes, shapes, and colors because we are all different sizes, shapes, and colors. And people need to see that like you don't need to look a certain way to dance with your body, feel free, feel the joy, empowerment. And also when I'm training them, very specific language that we do use, very specific language that we do not use. And just reminding people throughout the course of the class, like be kind to yourself. If it's not feeling good, it's fine. I'm not emotionally attached to any of these steps. If you don't like them, that's totally fine. Do something that feels good for your body. And the thing that I say, I think the most, I probably said it a hundred times when you were at class is like, Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to get it wrong, to feel silly, to feel all the things that are going to come up when you start moving your body. Sometimes people cry. They come to me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, this is amazing. You're feeling things. Like you're breaking up all of this tension. Yeah. And that's beautiful for me. Like that's, that's, 
I'm here, I'm here for it. And also hearing your story and hearing you talk about your body, I'm also like, oh my God, that was, that's so brave of you to come to the class. And wow, I'm so excited about your journey because it sounds like you're stepping into some new territory for yourself. And like I said, I got chills just hearing you because how incredible to be at a point where you're like, I'm going to dance and I'm going to move and I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, in my body, even though it it's, might be scary, but like you have all of this like stuff to feel and like this movement, like hand on the heart, hand on the belly, like you always have this, right? You can always come back to this place. And that's the thing, like we, like you said, you know, this is, as I'm getting older, just accepting that, like, this is what I've got to work with this time around. It's really, instead of trying so hard to change my body or control my body or to keep it a certain way and getting attached to that, just being like, I'm really not in control of this. You know, I'm going to age. It's going to ebb and flow and I might have a baby or I might not, or I'm, but I'm definitely going to age hopefully. And we might as well befriend our bodies because this is, this is it. And that's how we feel. And that's how we connect with each other. And I think that that's, it's inescapable to not make peace with our bodies. And I think it's so important to figure out how all the different ways, all the different avenues of nourishing your body and movement has to be one of them. Yeah. I had this teacher and there's lightness to this too, you know, like it's not so heavy. There was this, I taught yoga for, for many years and my teacher would say at the studio that I worked, she would always say, you know, like, it's just exercise. This is meant to be fun. Like it's because I think we, and not at good move. And, and I think yoga does a, a great job of this, but I think there's this level of precision or like going to the gym and getting it right. And it's just like, if aliens came down and like saw what we were doing, it would just be so silly. And, and I think honestly, in all this, it's really a metaphor for life, you know, all, everything we've talked, we've been talking about from construction to, to dance, it's like non-attachment, connection, liking yourself. I'm interrupting this episode really quick to tell you about the Soothe Kit zine. It's something that I made for heartbreak and when you're feeling tender and vulnerable and after a breakup or a long time after a breakup when you just feel kind of stuck on a relationship that ended. So it's something that I made and collaborated with a lot of people on and it feels like the inside of my heart and my brain and just my 2019 put in somewhere that is hopefully useful and helpful. And I've gotten so much great feedback on it. You can send it to a friend or you can send it to yourself. It's like hugs coming to your email, telling you what to do to feel better or things you can do. It's like a buffet. You can take what you want, leave the rest, but there's a lot of options and ideas and concepts that were useful to me that I wanted to share. So you can get that for free using the code Valentine just for February. It's usually $9 and you can also send it to a friend, but I just wanted everyone to have it and for it to be available this month to support you. Okay, back to my episode with Jules. You mentioned self-worth and you seem expanded and you seem so confident and, you know, of course in your body, which we've talked about, but what do you do? You know, I, I often ask people this question, if you're having a bad day, a bad body image day or a bad, you know, just feeling not high self-worth, what are things you do to pivot and help yourself feel better? 
Yeah, I think self-worth for me is sort of like a more long haul thing. And like the better relationship that I, and the deeper relationship that I have with myself, the less like day-to-day it is and the more like long-term it is. You know, like a couple of years ago, I had a really bad breakup. My self-worth was in the toilet. I did not value myself and I was not seeing myself. I was not seeing myself. And I think that, you know, before that happened and people talk about like rock bottoms and whatever, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that was a rock bottom. If that was my rock bottom, then like blessed (laughs) will I be, but it sucked a lot. It sucked real bad. But the sort of like Phoenix from the ashes moment of, of that time in my life is that when I finally like was able to have some perspective, I actually saw that historically I had not been like fully in my self-worth. Mm. So up until that point, I think it was more like a day-to-day thing. Yeah. Situational. Know? Yeah. Situational. I've always like, I've practiced yoga since I was 14 years old, go in and out of meditation practice. Those things have certainly helped, but getting into alignment with my self-worth in a serious way, not on a day-to-day way being like, yeah, I, sometimes I'm going to mess everything up and say all the wrong things and make all the wrong decisions. And I still am in my self-worth. So it's less of like a, oh my God, today is the worst day ever. And being like, so today happened, you know? And like, what I do in on those days, because of course, being in alignment with your self-worth doesn't mean you don't make all the same mistakes, right. but it's just that you're kinder to yourself. I'm kinder to myself when I am not perfect, which is a goddamn lot of the time. Yeah. And instead of beating myself up about it, making time for myself to be alone, to sit, to be quiet, usually when I'm having a bad de- a really bad day, it's because I have not made enough space mm-hmm. for quiet time for myself. It's that I have said yes to too many things. It's that I had too much caffeine mm-hmm. or too much sugar. And like, those are things that I'm getting kinder and kinder to myself with. So for example, like I recently stopped drinking coffee. I recently stopped drinking alcohol. Like things that for me were like, instead of, sacrifices or compromises were ways of me getting further in alignment with my self-worth being like, actually, I don't want to do that to you anymore. You don't like that. You haven't liked it for a long time, but you just kept saying, eh, whatever, you know, like I'll just have a, just have a latte this morning. Why don't I just have one drink at dinner, you know? And I don't know that for me, it's like listening, making time, making quiet time, making space to like, listen when I'm quiet, when I make space, the information comes. I feel more forgiving when I can't feel forgiving, have a good cry, take a bath. I feel, I think I'm a pretty good self soother. And I think I get that from my mom. Like when I, when I was little and I would have like a bad day or if we'd get in an argument or something, my mom would be like, let's have a tea party. And she'd like make a pot of tea and like, we'd have a cup of tea. And like, sometimes I'd go, I think she'd give me time, like go cry it out. And then like, 
Let's have a tea. Let's oh, have a tea I party. Love that. Yeah, I love it too. And she also, yeah, she's the best. Can I come have a tea if I'm after a cry sometime? Yes. Okay, great. And the other thing that she does and that I also do is make a bath. So I was a gym, I was a competitive gymnast from the time I was seven years old until I was 14. Wow. Very intense. And, you know, sometimes I'd come back from like a bad practice or my body would be aching. You know, I was yeah. having growing pains while yeah. I was also in the gym, like four days a week. And um, my mom would be like, you're getting in the Epsom salts bath, you know, or you're getting in the oatmeal bath if my skin was feeling dry and itchy. So I'm remembering these things as I'm saying them to you now. But like when my friends, my friends joke like that if they're having a bad day, I'll be like, want to take a bath? I'll dry you a bath. And like a couple of my friends have come over and like taken a bath in my house. Um, You know, sometimes I'll put like flowers in the bath or salts or, you know, light a candle. And, you know, if someone's having a really bad day, we'll do tea and the bath. Yeah. Oh, I really love that. So I feel like those are real tools that I got from my mama and that those are things that really help me like quiet. And I find the bath is not like, I think of like one of my best friends, Sam, who she was having, this was years ago. I was living in Park Slope and she was having a really rough time. And I think she was, her whole day got messed up and she was nearby. And I think a date had canceled on her or something. And she was like, Oh, are you home? And I was like, I just drew a bath. I was going to get in it. But oh, like, you come on, get in. That's it. the most selfless and thing. It, it was, and she she said to me, she was like, Jules, I know how much your baths mean to you. So like, thank you because yeah. I know you don't take this lightly. She was like, I know you're probably dying to get into that bathtub. So like, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's so um, sweet. It's interesting. I'm a couple of things this year. It's just about to end has been a really tumultuous year for me and with so much change that I wasn't expecting and, you know, call it a rock bottom, call it whatever you want to call it. But there's so much growth in that. You know, I think wouldn't it be great if we could learn and expand from easy things and things going going our way. But I think the most learning and, and maybe you can learn from those, but I think the it expedites your growth when you go through something challenging and make it to the other side. Absolutely. I probably wouldn't have opened Good Move if I hadn't gone through totally. that terrible breakup. You know, like it was really, truly like coming out of that. I think my friends were like, damn, she's like not in a good place right yeah. now, you know? And I don't think that I real, I mean, I certainly didn't realize if, otherwise I wouldn't have done it. I didn't realize that like, you know, in that relationship, I had been giving away my personal power and like just slowly, little by little, flushing my self-worth down the toilet. I didn't realize it. And when I finally did realize it, I was like, what? Yeah. What? I did, like, I did that. It wasn't somebody else did that to me. Like, it was like, I did that. And, you know, we go through the things that we need to go through. We learn the lessons that we need to learn I don't know exactly. I have some theories that I won't go into right now about why I put myself in that position, but certainly coming out of it was getting into that really low point and then learning myself and actually seeing myself with new eyes and being like, whoa, Jules, you actually have been kind of holding these like limiting beliefs about yourself for a long time. Mm -hmm. You had more self-worth than before this particular relationship destruction, but 
actually you've been holding limiting beliefs about yourself for a long time. And this is like a wake up call, wake up call. Yes. To sort of get right with yourself. And first of all, anytime you have heartache in your life, I think it makes you expansive. I think it makes you much more compassionate, softer, more receptive. I feel like a cheesy nerd saying this, but like, I really value that experience so much. And I feel like it gave me a chance to look at the way that I was talking to myself, look at the excuses I was making for myself, look at the ways I wasn't prioritizing my own growth, my own healing. And sometimes we put ourselves into bad situations precisely because we don't want to totally, you know, do those things for ourselves. So yes, like the best things in my life happened because of that. Yeah. I think it's, it's common to, I'm so happy I brought you this. I mean, this is essentially like partly my good move, you know, like that came out of a breakup. I'm so excited about reading this. And I think it's, uh, it's interesting how, like you were saying, I I think it's really easy. We don't want to turn to, we don't want to feel the feelings we don't want to feel, right? We don't want to look under the hood sometimes, even though we might know. And I think you start to know, it starts to become a bit quicker the older we get because you're like, okay, I've done that before. I know I come out the other side, but when you don't have as much experience of doing that, it's so jarring. So we procrastinate it and these relationships where we can hide or these experiences where we can hide and we don't look at it. And I think to see you, you're very expansive to me and you have this, this tribe of women and this company and you've moved knowing that it came out of that place is really, I didn't know that. And I'm also not really surprised because I think I've heard so many stories of on the other side of, I listen to so many interviews and I love hearing that exact thing of how people, it wasn't always like this Mm -hmm. and it was hard and it got better. And I think stories of that are so much more inspiring to me than like, you know, yeah, just, I, I was always kind of good or, you know, I don't think people in from that sort of situation, their lows might not be as low, but I don't think their highs are as high either. I am sure you're right. You know, and I think I have kind of always invited my feelings and like felt them a lot and learned a lot from my feelings, but they're came a sort of different thing. You know, you have, you have these moments where you're like, this is an opportunity for me to just like get a little more uncomfortable (laughs) because there really is something in, in Mm -hmm. there. And once I committed to like not rushing out of that, that's like when the really like, can you give an example of that? When I was feeling very heartbroken, after this breakup, I think the natural thing is like, I want this to go away. To go away. Right. And once I sort of realized like acceptance. Yeah. And like allowing myself to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, like I'm I made choices that weren't good for me. I like look, you know what it was? It was, it was being able to admit that I wasn't good to myself. Self-honesty. Yes. That's exactly what it was. It was like the moment where it's so much easier to put it on someone else. Like you did X, Y, and Z thing. And I just knew that didn't feel like entirely 
Correct. Correct. And like sitting just with it a little bit longer and having this very deeply uncomfortable thing come up, which eventually was like, Jules, you weren't nice to yourself. You made these choices. And then this floodgate opens where all of a sudden, all the times where I wasn't nice to myself. Puts a mirror up into your face. (sighs) Yeah. And that I think is where the expansion and the like Phoenix, I, I keep seeing like Phoenix from the ashes thing because getting really real with myself and being like, okay, yes, in this situation, you were not nice to yourself. And also guess what? Echo, echo, mirror, infinity, mirror, all these other ways. And then being like, wow, I'm going to give myself a lot of love now and like heal this. How do I do that? By giving myself the kindness, by receiving the kindness that all of the kindness and love that I had, which was so much that I was like, had blinders on for all of the like love. All, another thing that happened with this breakup was like, again, all these people came out, all these angels came out of the woodwork. I call them really angels. shows like, you. My, my roommate is one of them. People showed up who were like, how can I help? You know, this is kind of becoming a theme for me. It's like when I am in alignment, support comes through. So getting back on my feet, then listening to myself, listening to like, what do I really want to build? What do I really want to make? How can I really give the most? How can I be of the most service? Because that is what is, feels deeply fulfilling totally. to me. And that's how we're wired as humans. Like that's when you are helping other people, I think we're met with support and gas yeah. to be able to do that, yeah. you know? And that's when it really came together. Also giving myself, giving myself space. I am an Aries. I'm like so super fiery. I have like tornadoed through a lot of my life. And, and like, again, this sort of shift that happened for me starting with heartbreak, but like actually, you know, going way deeper than that and expanding way beyond that taught me like, whoa, Jules, you got to slow some things down and be patient and give yourself a little bit more space and time. Part of that for me, you were asking about how opening the business affected my relationships. I realized when I started actually putting good move into motion, I was so fulfilled, like so filled up. My Mm -hmm. cup was so filled that in a way that it had never felt before through either other work or relationships or anything or projects. Like I was filled in a new way through the creation of the baby that is good move to a point where I was like, came off like being in relationship after relationship Mm -hmm. to being like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't have space for it right now. And also like, this feels so good to like be giving this to myself. I don't need to turn to that. Yeah. And I didn't even think that I was really doing that, but you know, I'm very social. I'm interested in people. I connect deeply with people. And I think that we can really learn so much through romantic relationships. And also for me, who who has had a few important romantic relationships, the more important lesson for me at the time was like giving to myself and filling my cup. What's your greatest lesson on romantic relationships? I think the most important advice 
or most important lesson I've learned about romantic relationships is that just because someone isn't right for you doesn't mean that you can't love them. And just because you love someone doesn't mean that they are the right person for you to be in a relationship with. Also that when you are really and fully in your self-worth, you will not want to or need to spend time with people who are not in alignment with what you want for your life. And you can't be there till you're there, but the clearer you get about what you want for your life, and then the more you commit to not settling for something different, the more that the energy that you want is going to come your way. Also, the idea of not settling has really changed and become a lot clearer to me. So I think not settling doesn't mean looking for a perfect person because no one is perfect and neither am I and neither are you. But meaning once you have a really clear idea of the things that are most important to you in a partnership, whether that is something really general or something really specific, knowing what those things are and, 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 and knowing that you are worth the relationship that you want, um, then saying no to, to everything that's not that. These things that I'm talking about aren't like ego things, but things that your heart is really asking for, your soul is really asking for. Not settling means not saying yes to something that is not completely in alignment with what you want for your life. Mm. Something else that I think is not for everybody, but that has been really beautiful for me is the piece about being able to love people and partners who did not end up being the right partner for me, but who were wonderful people uh, nonetheless. And that's not the case for all of my exes, but I do have a few ex-partners who I am really, really happy are still in my life because we have so much to offer each other, even though it's not as romantic partners. And I feel really grateful for those relationships because you can continue to learn about yourself um, by touching base you know, with those people who are in your life. Like I had a really beautiful conversation with an ex-partner recently who I'm good friends with. We hang out. We're very open with each other. And I said to him recently, you know, I learned something about myself that I didn't know when we were together. I wanted to share it with you and just, you know, let you know that I am now aware of a behavior that I was engaging in that I was not aware of when we were together. And the healing that can happen when you can have those kinds of conversations. You know, obviously it takes two people who are willing to do that kind of work and willing to have that kind of friendship. And I don't think, you know, not everybody is, is up for that. But for me, that that is an incredibly healing type of relationship that I really value. So just because that person didn't end up being the one, your love can be expansive and those relationships can be really healing and really beautiful throughout, you know, your life. I could talk to you forever. This is really lovely, but I 
I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do these as quick fire questions. Okay. So just say the first thing that, that comes to your mind. What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? I had soup dumplings last night Mm. and it was rainy and freezing cold and they were delicious. Amazing. Favorite place in New York other than Good Move? The Rockaways. Typical morning ritual. First three things you do when you wake up in the morning. Snuggle my dog. Um, What's your dog's name? Winnie. Mm. Snuggle him longer than I should. Get up, drink tea, take Winnie for a walk. What about in the evening? What are the last few things you do when you wind down? Especially as an entrepreneur, there's probably always something you could be doing. So how do you like shut down and have your evening? (laughs) This one's harder for me these days in particular, but the goal is either be quiet, like be silent or meditate for 10 minutes, drink another cup of tea, sleepy time tea this time. And recently my partner's been reading to me before Mm. bed, which is really nice. I love that. Yeah. What's your favorite part of your life right now? there are a lot of really good things right now. It feels amazing to be able to say that. It didn't yeah. always feel this way, but I really love the studio. I love my relationship. I love my dog. <laughs> I love my house. <laughs> I feel very grateful right it's now. Amazing. I'm, in, I'm in a big place of gratitude at the moment. You have such a great aesthetic and style. What are your tips for both style and having an eye for these sorts of things? Yeah. Any advice or tips? Have you always been that way? Thank you for saying that. I really enjoy aesthetics and textures. You know, my life is about the physical world. So whether that means like my body in the physical world, taking up space or, or my space, it feels really linked and connected. I think it feels really good to bring my life into alignment in as many ways as possible and expressing myself through what I'm wearing and also being able to express it through my home just feels really satisfying. So I think honoring what feels good and feels like correct for, for you and learning what that, learning what that is, because again, it's just another way of coming into relationship with yourself. There have been times when I like bought something for my home or something for my wardrobe because I thought it was cool or I saw it on some blog or like something and then realized it wasn't you. It wasn't me. And I was like trying to work it in and like you shouldn't, it shouldn't feel effortful. Mm. And I actually think I'm, I'm still in process with all of this, by the way, I do not have it nailed down, but being a business owner, something that's become increasingly important to me is simplifying and getting in alignment, simplifying, kind of go hand in hand. I am doing a like massive purge of stuff. I'm like selling a bunch of stuff, giving a bunch of stuff away. And that is so that I have more simplicity. Space. Yeah. And space. And um, I know what color palette I like. Mm-hmm. I tend now, if I'm going to buy something, uh, buying something in you know, in that color palette and something that's filling a gap rather than like something that's already yeah. in my wardrobe or in my home. And also realizing I don't need five of a thing. Like I don't need five pots of a medium size. I right. just need the one. Right. Like this is, I think when you're in New York and you're like, I went to college in New York. I 
moved into my first apartment right after college. And I think when you're moving from place to place, which New Yorkers do, we're constantly like moving and trying to find our footing. It's like, you kind of end up collecting stuff and feeling like, I don't know what I'm going to need this. And like, you know, yeah. Um, so just coming into like more of an abundance mentality, that's like, I really just need the one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it takes away choices. And I think yeah. as an entrepreneur and as a person and as someone living in New York, like we yeah. constantly have to make so many choices. So to, to yeah. lessen that a bit is useful. Yeah. And I think also when I was a little bit younger, I was always really expressive with my clothing and with my um, space, like even my bedroom growing up. But I used to wear like much more kind of like involved multi-piece. She's monochromatic right now. (laughs) For the listeners. (laughs) And And it's working. She looks amazing. (laughs) And as I got older and like now, like even more right now with the business and everything, I'm like, there's two things. I need it to be easy and I also need it to be dancerly. So like yeah. the dancerly mentality applies yes. to what I'm wearing. Can I move in it? Can I do space. a grand plie in right. these jeans or are they too tight? If I can't do a grand plie in these jeans, yes. they're not going to work. And I think that that can also, we can take that dancerly mentality into your space too. Can I get up in here? Can I lay down? Can I, I sold my coffee table precisely because yeah. I was like, I need more space to roll I around on the floor. I love it. I like, yeah, coffee table. Who needs a coffee table? It was just collecting junk. Yeah. It was just like collecting yeah. old mail and stuff. So. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So it's interesting. I'm very cerebral and I've had so many therapists tell me that I'm in my head and not in my body. And so I've had this whole quest of, of trying to go more into that direction. And so journaling is a, is a cathartic tool for me to get the gunk out of my mind and, and parse through what I want to listen to and where my limiting beliefs are. Is writing something that's cathartic to you? Totally, totally. And I have always journaled and I've always been a writer before I knew what modern dance was. I thought I was going to be a writer. Wow. And after I knew what modern dance was and was dancing, I was a copywriter to help me. I literally chose like the one thing that's less lucrative than modern dance, <laughs> which is writing. And I was like, this will be my side hustle. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I love writing. I love journaling. I have been hugely inspired by the artist's way. And now for a couple of years was pretty religiously doing the morning pages. Now I do the whenever pages. Yeah. And same. You know, I get to write a lot for Good Move. So I got to write most of the copy um, with some help from friends and all of the copy, actually. And I do the Instagram myself. So I'm like always, you know, these are small ways, but little ways that I can sort of like put my writing, my touch yeah. into the world that way. Yeah. What are your thoughts on social media and your phone and boundaries digitally? And it feels like you have a really great relationship with that. Do you ever struggle with that? Uh, yes, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> okay, great. <You're> <laughs> I feel like I'm finally healing my relationship with my own personal Instagram. And I was forced to do that because the business took up so much of my time. And also, so I really love doing, it's my studio manager and I joke because people are always like, who does your marketing? And we're like, oh, our marketing team. And we're like, in the back, yeah. it's, it's me. Um, and I Your actually, marketing team's great. Yeah. My, <laughs> they're working, firing on all of those. They need a raise. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should tell them. 
<laughs> Somebody give our marketing team a raise. <laughs> so I really love doing the good move Instagram because the palette's all set. I'm curating the images. We literally bring in photographers to take photographs in our color palette. You have content our, to work. Yes. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of structure and guidelines and I love that. And you know, the messaging is very clear. It's stuff that I really believe in. So writing captions and stuff is really fun for me for my own personal Instagram. Oh my God. I am pretty much like this close away from, I go through phases because yeah. on one hand, as you can see from different parts of my life, I really appreciate good visual content with words. Like I really appreciate that as a, you know, as a modality and as a way of sharing, but man, it can be freaking toxic and so hard to stop. And I think being in the public eye a little bit more now with the studio, I want more privacy than I ever have before. If you had asked me like two years ago, is it okay with you if like you're around a hundred people every day and you know, are you okay? Like being in front of all these people and talking to all these people, I'd been like, yeah, no problem. But I actually, this is something that really surprised me that all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I like actually feel way more protective of my personal life. Don't post things about my love life anymore. I don't post deeply personal things. I post things that I feel are important and resonant in a more general way, mostly to protect myself. Yeah. yeah. And that might change. I think it like definitely can ebb and flow. You're, I'm sure, I mean, you've got like a gajillion followers. I'm sure you've had your own. I don't, but I still like am more visible than I was before I had the studio and like more people that I don't know, know me, you know, like that's a, that's something that is new that I am. It's bizarre. In relationship. I, I talk, I've thought about this a lot and in, for me, something that's complicated about it. And I loved what you said about good move being easier. And we have a let it out Instagram and I, I help other people start podcasts and have something called let a podcast out. And we have an Instagram for that. And that's these retro futurism images that I really love. And that's so easy, right? Because it's like, you know, I loved my Tumblr when I was in college and I loved, or I loved Pinterest. And it's, that's really creative and the, the stakes feel lower. And that's why I really want to build up Let It Out's account for the same reason, because it can be more of an artistic expression. And mine started out that way on Instagram when it was just a few people, but I think what what we all are wrestling with now, regardless of of the size, it's like you're inviting. For me, mine has really become work, and it wasn't that way, but now it is. It's I think for a lot of us, it becomes part of our work mm-hmm. because it's part of our resume. It's part of who we are. Yeah. People look at it as like a calling card of like, yeah. let me see what this person is all about. And I'm guilty of doing that too, but it's not a clear picture of who someone is. Yeah. And the weird part about it for me is that whenever I'm posting something, I'm the audience is so diverse. And I mean in a way of like, there are the people, the only people really that matter and the people I should be thinking about are the people who are listening right now, the listeners of the podcast, the people who read my book, the people who want to consume my work. But the reality of the situation on my personal Instagram is that also people I've dated are on there and also 
people I might have a crush on and friends that I've met just that one time and family and like my high school English teacher, like whoever is there, it's like you're inviting everyone you've ever met to your office. And so it's a really complicated thing of like, you know, consuming and creating and it's just, it's intricate. So I think it's interesting to talk about this and how it affects us and how we're all wrestling with it. And like, ultimately, like we don't know how it affects our brains and we don't know. And if, you know, the long-term effects of this and ultimately like, it doesn't really matter. Like we should just intuitively lean in when it feels good, lean out when it doesn't. And like, like we were saying about dance or movement, I think it's lighter than we think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think some days I'm like, thank God for Instagram because we haven't spent a dime on marketing and Instagram is how good move, how people share in some ways, I think it's incredible and it's an incredible platform. As for my personal account, I have gotten a lot of work through the account as a choreographer, as a dancer. And I think I, I do, I do think about that when I'm posting. And sometimes I'm just like, I want to connect and share something without like totally exposing myself, you know? So finding like the balance of that. Yeah. Um, and also how strange that like, I want to connect. So let me go onto the internet and like, it's see. very bizarre. And sometimes it really like, does help totally. me feel like I'm connecting with people. Yeah. And other times it's it both. makes me feel like a crazy yeah. maniac who's creepy. And, you know, I think I'm like leaning more and more towards making my personal account private and having, uh, having the good move because a good move is totally an extension of myself, yeah. but we'll see because at this point, you know, we're a baby business. So I kind of like, need as many points of yeah. reach as I can. And we're always going to be in just process. one of those things, yeah. you know, yeah. I have not figured that one out. Please let me know if you, I know, <laughs> I think we're all always in process with it and that's because <laughs> yeah. it, it's always changing. And anyway, okay. This is the time to let out things that you want to recommend. So book, music, art, this is just a way to recommend things that you like. Writer, TV show, movie, these can be your all-time favorites or they can be like your desert island discs, anything that you want to recommend to people, something that you are loving lately or you've loved forever. Okay. So many things. I can walk you through it because I threw it all at you. So (laughs) do you want to start with the book? Sure. I just started reading The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yeah. Which feels relevant and really important to everything that we've talked about today. And I recommend that for anyone who is interested in deepening and expanding the conversation with your body and with what trauma might be stored there. Music. I listen to so much music because I make the playlist for good moves. So it's like. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, I do not do karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Music. I have been listening to a lot of ambient music for my personal quiet time. Cool. Aphex Twin number three is one of my favorite songs of all time. Again, my studio manager like wants to murder me because I'll go into the studio and play it on repeat. And she's like, oh, Jules is meditating. And, but it's just this really beautiful ambient track. Mary Lattimore, the harp player. Her stuff is just gorgeous. These are, I'm constantly listening to like high intensity, high upbeat music for dance class. So these are the things that I listen to, like when I come in, when I like am making my quiet time. I love that. Movie? I just watched Call Me By Your Name for the second time. Mm. 
It's so gorgeous. Anything by Luca Guadagnino. Yeah. I love, I Am Love by Luca Guadagnino is an incredible. Oh, I, I mean, don't watch that unless you got time to cry because it's Great. such a roller coaster <laughs> and very, very dramatic. But talk Beautiful. about aesthetics yeah. and I mean, his taste is impeccable Yeah, and just makes me feel like I'm on vacation. What about TV show? I'm not a big TV person, but I recently saw a few episodes of Mrs. Fletcher. Oh, and I, I saw really, I seeing the um, ads in the subway. I really liked Hong. it. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I really yeah. like her. It, it's funny and smart and yeah. just like about a woman who's like refinding herself, herself after her son yeah. goes. Yeah. And I was just like, this is cool and not like what every other show is about. Yeah. You know? I, I listened to her on Fresh Air talking about it and I felt like I got the gist of it and had it in my mind to watch. Is there a like snack food you never get sick of that you could favorite like last meal type of food? I love a baked good. Like oh, especially, yeah. okay, I live around the corner from Nick and Son's Bakery and they make the most delicious vegan chocolate chip cookie. Amazing. And I do not get sick of that. It's so delicious and like totally my comfort food. Mm, I love that. Okay. Well, the name of this podcast is Let It Out. Is there anything else that you never get to talk about that you wish you would have gotten to share? Did I squeeze you for all your juice? (laughs) I feel like we could like have just keep going, keep going. I know. This is so fun. I wish that I, I want to keep going. <laughs> we'll have to do a part we'll, two. We'll do a part two. Maybe we can do a live one at Good Move. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, one thing I want to say that I'm really loving right now is the painter, Kimmy Quillen, who oh, yes. painted the mural at Good Move. She's a She's dear amazing. friend of mine. Did she do that? She did. And my brother and my cousin got that for me for Christmas. Oh, it's beautiful. And it looks like it, like, should be there. I has know. always been there. And you can take a peek after we're done, but there's another like painting of hers in my room. Amazing. She's um, so talented. I, I love her. She's so talented. And yeah. we're going to Oaxaca in February for an artist residency oh, to collaborate. Amazing. Um, oh, that's creatively. gonna be so cool. Because she I went to her her opening and she made a lot of those paintings at an artist residency, right? Not this one. Okay. Not the one that we're going to, but she works mostly out of her home um, in cool. Brooklyn. and She's wonderful. And she's an amazing person. Yeah. She's a member at Good Move. She comes. You, you guys, so I'm sure, cool. will run into yeah. each other. I'm loving her work. I love having it in my home. Actually, all the artwork in my home is made by it's beautiful. friends or is referring to my friends and people yeah. in my life. Which um, is how it should be. It should feel. That, yeah. I think that's why it looks so good because it does feel like you. Thank you. And then actually that photograph was taken by Haley Hill, who's also a dear friend of mine, who is the resident photographer at Good Move. Oh, amazing. Um, and so I'm really loving Kimmy Quillen and her work and Haley Hill and her work. And I don't know. I feel so lucky and honored that you wanted to talk to me. I feel like this is such a, it's also new. Like you're catching me at such a moment of like, my life is so different. It's funny when you're like, what is this time of year like for you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm reorienting. Yeah. And I felt so excited that you wanted to chat with me because it's really the beginning. It's like very, very much the beginning of this part of my life and part of my journey. Yeah. And it's been a wild, wild year. It feels kind of important and special to talk to you, you know, on the eve of 
the new year. Mm. So thank you so much. I really love that too. And I like to catch people in this moment. I, I think it's a much more interesting moment. I could talk to you in five years when, you know, maybe there's like 12 locations of good move and whatever, whatever. And I would love to still talk to you then too. Um, but I, I, I love this, you know, I think it's kind of the antidote to social media, this format. I think it's a welcome phenomenon podcasting because we're present, you know, mm-hmm. which is, goes back to being in the body where we both can't be on our phones. We can't be thinking of other things because when we do, we lose our train of thought or we, it takes us out. And I think that this is connection and that's what we're all really starved for. So we'll settle to listen to conversation intimacy of other people and eavesdrop on that. And I think that that's really cool to see people in process and to see people, you know, it's interesting. I, I said this to you when I walked in, like talk about a tornado. I feel like I'm kind of in that similar spot to you, in your 20s of just moving really fast and moving physically in a lot of places and things and relationships. And I think that that's a, a phase of life that I'm coming out of. And, and I think that my next year is is really about slowing down and just sitting with it and processing it and, and move, letting it move through. And I think you're really a great example of coming out the other end of that. And I think that will just snowball for you this year. Thank you so much. And also, I'm I'm really excited for you too. I, and also, I know what it's like to come out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope we stay. I hope this is like the beginning of many things we do together. Yeah. This was so natural. I like. I can't. This is the first time that we've sat down. I know. And to I know. I know. It's funny. I usually. I don't always know the guests well, but I had an intuition that I liked you right away, and we have a million mutual friends, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, we end with a deep breath. So we let it out together. You ready? Yes. Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> that always feels a little better. So good. How cool is Jules? Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I loved this conversation. I'm sure you got a, a lot out of it as well. If you are in New York, go to Good Move and tell her that I sent you. Give her a hug for me. I can't wait to go back there when I'm back in New York and to hang out with Jules more. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll even do a Let It Out meetup or hang or live podcast or something with her in the studio. And I think that would be really fun. So let me know if you want to do that. Join the Facebook group and let me know what you think about this episode. And if you want to talk to me or Jules or have questions, let us know. Also follow Let It Out on Instagram. We have a new Instagram that I just started and I'm loving. We talk about social media, obviously, you know, because you listened in this episode and that's something that really stuck with me. So follow Let It Out on Instagram and comment to me and to Jules. The emoji for this week is the bath, obviously. I don't think we've used the bath before. It's really, we're getting close to 300 episodes here, you guys. And so it's really hard for me to remember what emojis we've used. And I just say them usually on the spot. I forget to ask the guests their favorite and to choose which I need to be better about. But anyway, a lot of you have been telling me that I keep repeating emojis. So anyway, I need to expand my repertoire, but for now it's the bath. I don't think we've used it, but you win something if you tell me which episode I previously used that on. If I have, I'll send you a copy of my book or something. Today's episode is brought to you by Cured. Cured is this company that I love in Boulder, Colorado that maybe you've heard of or heard me talk about on the show, but they 
make these hemp-derived CBD products, and I love them. They are this really cool company. I got to meet the founders, and they have this farm to product business model that is really, really cool. Their full spectrum tinctures and treats work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of a psychoactive component. And not many other companies are really thriving with this in-house farm to table business model. And Cured is doing well. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness routines to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's stress load. I think we could all use that. There's honestly so many brands out there now, but I really genuinely love this company a lot. The CEO started using Cured's full-spectrum CBD oil on his dog, actually, to ease their distress and support the seizures that they were having and so I, I just think that's really cool that it can be used with pets and anyway it's a household staple for people of all ages and again pets too i love their cookie dough snack it tastes so good you guys if you haven't had it it's really so good and like i said i got to meet them when i was in boulder a couple months ago actually a year ago and we've kept in touch and they're just really great people and i don't know why but i really think that helps make the snacks better so if you're interested in trying out cured nutrition again my favorite is the cookie dough but get whatever you want go to curednutrition.com that's curednutrition.com and use the coupon code let it out for 15 percent off any order Again, that's curednutrition.com and use the code let it out for 15% off any order. That link is in the show notes. Be on our show notes, let it out letter list, and that'll come right to you. Check them out. Use the code. Thank you, Cured. Thank you for supporting our sponsors and for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant. They create these flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and they really help you to hydrate quickly and apparently stay hydrated all day. And it's really cool. It's backed by research. This is this formula that was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration, which is really cool. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. I can be really bad at drinking water, you guys. And I try to keep, you know, like a big jar by me, and especially while traveling, it's just been, it's been rough <laughs> to stay hydrated. So I've been keeping these packets close. I keep them in my bag and I pour them into my water and I love it. And it helps me to remember to drink more water and makes me honestly feel more hydrated. It's again, really great for traveling because you're up in the air and you're dehydrated. And they're also really great when you're sick. I've been using them ever since one of my friends gave me one to try when I was sick a couple months ago. And another thing that they're really cool about is they can help with hangovers and they say they're really transparent. Nothing on the market can be a hangover cure and they certainly don't pretend to be one. But that said, you know, alcohol dehydrates you because of the diuretic effect. So they said that some of their users have used hydrant to replace lost fluids and electrolytes. And so they'll take two packets before they go to sleep after a night or time of drinking. And they say that that really helps. I know some friends who will like have Pedialyte after drinking or you know, just drink a lot of water before bed. I heard once like for every glass of wine you have to have some water. So anyway, it could be useful. Take it or leave it, but definitely try out 
hydrant regardless of whether you're drinking or sick it is really cool and i love it and hydrant starts with just a dollar a packet for a 30-day supply which is pretty cool and you for your first order you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out at checkout that's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com and enter the code let it out. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Follow Let It Out, follow Jules, follow Good Move. Uh, be on the Let It Out letter list. That is a place to connect and you can find out about more things that we're doing and you'll get the show notes sent right directly to you so you don't feel like you have to jot things down as you're walking or driving that could be dangerous so i want to keep you all safe oh there's another housekeeping thing the soothe kit something i made that's for heartbreak and breakups it's now free right now and maybe for a while because so many people just really need it and i just want people to have it but just use the code valentine i was going to make all of february to support people during this time it's a zine that i made that can be delivered through email and it's for when you're feeling like a raw nerve after a breakup or a heartbreak, self-care and soothing during that time. And it means so much to me. And it was a project I collaborated with a lot of people on and really is just like the inside of my brain and my heart in paper form or in email form, in words form. So use the code Valentine if you want to have that for free. I love you. You can send it to a friend as well. Anyone whose heart is feeling tender, that is for you. Okay, I love you and I'll talk to you next week, probably from a different country. 